Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs Trade Deadline Show podcast. Cubs get ready to take on the Reds. We break down the moves they made and didn't make right up until the 5 o'clock deadline. It is possible a few deals will still come trickling in at the final moment, but the trade deadline has come and passed for Major League Baseball technically at 5 o'clock tonight. Luke Stuckmeyer and Cody Del Mendo. Ryan Herrera is at the ballpark at Wrigley Field. Uh, he'll be here for the post-game show podcast that we have tonight right after the game. This podcast, for the most part, will be dedicated to moves that were made or not made mm-hmm. right up into uh, the deadline, for which the Cubs became buyers, not sellers, because of 10 wins in 12 games, we believe is the reason the Cubs decided to go for it as opposed to trading Cody Bellinger, trading Marcus Stroman, um, trading some of those relievers, Merriweather, other guys. The Cubs still made trades. They still lost some of their uh, prospect depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll discuss some of those. Greg Huss from Northside Bound will join us in the second segment of this, a prospects guru uh, who knows all things Cubs prospects. Hello to everybody in the live chat. Already see a lot of familiar names there. Please hit the like button. And Ricky DeHoyos with the first super chat of the night. Can't wait for this and the game. Well, we've been waiting for these, this trade deadline. Last year was a real buzzkill, Cody. Yeah. Last year we sat here and we waited and waited and waited. And then Contreras and Hap didn't go anywhere. Yep. And Efros ended up being the biggest deal. And Efros did get you West Nesky. You know, so there, there was... Some activity, but that was the surprising activity. Sort of surprised Wisdom wasn't traded. I think the biggest thing that happened today, of course, is that Trey Mancini was DFA'd by the franchise. Yeah, that was probably the most surprising thing. And honestly, I guess we can all look at it as a win. Nothing against Trey Mancini, but I think we were all pretty much done with him. The numbers were awful this year. Um, So as far as that, (laughs) I guess that's, that's... I agree. It's the biggest surprise of the day. Um, am I surprised that at this point, nothing else has come out? It's 5.07 right now as I say that. you know, I think I saw our friends at Bleacher Nation, Brett Taylor tweeted that the Castellanos trade in 2019, it took 10 to 15 minutes for that one to come out after the actual deadline, the 5 o'clock hour. So I, I'm, you know, we'll sit and see if anything happens here over the next 10, 15 minutes and you know, see if the Cubs were able to get what I hope is a left-handed reliever. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I'm 
if you want my reaction to what they did these last 48 hours. Yeah, over, give them an overall grade for the trade deadline. And, you know, that includes the last 48 hours, let's I say. I will give it a C plus because you got a bat that you needed at a position that you needed help at. You got a reliever that they believe has high upside, but we don't really know about. And they got another reliever that I think is probably going to be put in the minors that, you know, they kind of are excited about too. And those, those are the two guys that we'll talk to Greg Huss about. Right. More so than anything. I, I don't know anything about them, but I like the way they like the guys that they moved to to make these additions. I you didn't you didn't give away any of your top prospects. And uh they added in spots that they needed, it felt like. So I give it a C plus just because I'm hoping for that left handed reliever to come out. If they get if if here in the next handful of minutes a, there's a report that they got a reliever or another reliever, then I'd I'd, bo- I'd boost it up to a B or a B plus. I my overall grade would be a C, uh, and and that's because a C is a passing grade. Yeah, uh, I think they picked a lane, so that's why it's a C. Time will determine whether or not that lane was correct, but right now for me, it's a C. I wanted the Cubs to pick a direction. Are you buyers or sellers? I didn't want to be. I didn't want them to go all in and mortgage the future for a run with a flawed team this off this end of the season. Uh, but I also wasn't sure I wanted them to just stand pat and do nothing. So they did pick a lane. They, yeah. They've added, listen, first base and third base have been the biggest problem offensively this season for the Cubs. And we knew it going into the season that first base and third base were the biggest problems. Last year, the problem was first base and third base. So the Cubs made off-season moves at first base. Last year, we had Rivas, Schwindel, and Wisdom playing first. Mostly Wisdom at third, right? We had VR a little bit at third. We had some other guys. None of those worked out. None, none of them worked out last year. Uh, so they flipped it around, and this year the Cubs went with experience because we all thought, well, maybe Mervis gets the shot and Mervis gets the deal. Yeah. They didn't add one veteran first baseman. They added two, which caught a lot of us by surprise in the offseason as well, which should have been a little bit of a, a, a eye-opener for us to know that, hey, they may not be as big on Mervis having a big breakout rookie season as mm-hmm. some of the fans and prospect people might be, okay? So they go out and they add Hosmer and they add Mancini. Both have ha- both had were good major league players at one point. The game has passed both. Is what's safe to say. Both great guys. Both loved in the in the clubhouse. Hosmer was sent packing earlier in the season, and now it's Mancini, which frankly is is a little more surprising because they still owe him, I believe, seven million dollars next year. Yeah. So they're going to eat that money most likely and just say, "All right, we're moving on." Mancini is a guy who. You know, 263 plate appearances, and you pointed out four home runs. He was brought here as insurance for Mervis at first base. We were told he could play some right field. That didn't really work out that he could play the outfield very well, uh, at least anymore. Uh, First base was not necessarily uh, a great position for him, and he was supposed to be one of the guys we kept saying, where are... Where's the power going to come from on this team? Where are they going to get their home runs? Mancini is one of the guys you were hoping 
could deliver some of that power. It just didn't happen. Four mm-hmm. home runs. So the Cubs have parted ways. At, Matthew Gregory is saying now it's about ten and a half million if you can, you know, factor in as well as what they're paying this season. It's a it's a lot of money. And, and Jesse Rogers saying now they didn't do anything else. That's it. That's they're uh, done. If, unless he said that on radio or TV or whatever, he didn't tweet that. No, he, he's probably tweet. on the radio right now. Yeah. But regardless, as of right now, Candelario is the headliner for what the Cubs have done. Mm-hmm. He does fit in at first and third, and it sounds like he's going to be playing more first base than I expected, Cody. Yeah, I because he hasn't played there since 2020. Yeah, this is this is my my two cents on it. We've sat here and like, you know, bickered about Magical playing third all season, or at least the the amount of opportunity that they they that they've given Magical to play third all season. But let's be real here, for the most part, he out of anyone who's played at third base this year. For this, for this organization, he's been the most productive. I think that's fair to say. He's been the most productive third baseman and the best defensive third baseman as well. And the way that this team is set up as far as pitching, starting pitching especially, mm-hmm. they don't have a lot of swing and miss dudes. So they are emphasizing or caring more about who they have set up defensively on the infield especially and I think that's why that they are going to continue to just ride magical at third. Do I think he's your future third baseman? If he is playing third base for the Chicago Cubs in 2024, they better have done other things to bring power to the lineup in the feet, like bring power throughout the lineup to, I guess, negate the, the fact that he just is not a pro typical third baseman. And if they do that, I can get past it. But he just is not what you want as far as an offensive hitter at third base. He just isn't. And again, I give him all the credit for becoming a very solid third baseman. We all made all those jokes in the offseason about how can this guy even throw it past the pitcher's mound, all this stuff. But he legitimately has played a better third base than anyone else that they've put over there. And I again, I give him credit for that, and I put my hand up for making the jokes and for not really having a lot of faith in. Now, did he struggle offensively for two and a half months? Yes. It was so bad that they sent him to Iowa. They sent him to Iowa. He got hot, and he kind of he brought it back, and he helped the Cubs start winning games. And then, of course, the injury happened again, and now he's been back the last handful of days, and he's had some good games. Like if he continues to hit, then I can get past it. It's not that I need him to hit. Homers, I need him to just continue to get on base because I do like him in that nine hole. But whenever you go up, right before you go up back above to Nico, the, back to Nico or Talkman, whoever at the top of the lineup, I don't mind that. But to bring it back around related to Candelario, if they're going to play him at first base majority of the time, then that is them saying that Magical is going to play third. And whether you like that or don't like that, that's that's just what they're doing. And I'm explaining their thought process behind it and what I think. And I just think because he's been so good defensively there, that's why they're doing it. Maybe there will be days where they give Madrigal the off day because maybe the matchup doesn't work well with him and they put they they put Candelario at third and maybe Wisdom gets some time at first. I don't know. like Because that's the thing for me is I still don't know how they're going to get playing time for Wisdom. You know what I mean? And Wisdom's not getting playing time. I think That's he's not going to happen. I, I just don't, I don't know how they're going to get wisdom any play time. And the thing is, is like he has the most homers on the team. I wouldn't have been surprised if wisdom was the guy DFA'd. 
Yeah, but we same. talked about it last night. It's funny that you would even consider DFA the guy who leads your team in home runs. Yeah, on a team without home and runs. I, and and I'm I'm also curious about will they give will they call Mervis back up? And if they do, then maybe maybe then that will get them to move uh, Candelaria over to third. I, I don't know. It's a very interesting thing. And then also, because if they are going to play Candelario at, thir- at first base more often than not, then you're definitely playing Bellinger in center over Talkman, which mm-hmm. is fine with me and, and the fact that you, there's just more value there. You're getting more value in center field now. But then you're talking about your two corner outfielders then in Say Suzuki and Ian Happ. And let's be real. Mike Talkman's been playing well enough that you can't not put this guy in the lineup. He ignited well, the offense when they started leading him off. So there's a reason that say Suzuki's out of the lineup tonight, right? So that I'm all I'm saying is is it's going to be very interesting to see them try to maneuver this moving forward. And hey, if they if they care about winning more than they have to pay these certain guys because of how much money they're making, fine. Do I think Say Suzuki is better than what he's been? Yes, I Hope definitely, so. I definitely do think he's better than what he's been over the last two months. But yeah, it hasn't been good. It's 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 hurt the team hitting him in in the two hole last night when he hasn't been hitting. It's it's insanity. Maybe the Cubs are realizing that they can't play him as much as they want to anymore. I I don't I don't know, but. If this is going to, if this process is going to lead them to not playing Mike Talkman as much, it will hurt over the the rest of the season. I think just based off how he's been playing, he's been great since they called him up from Iowa. So how how they figure that out? Well, it's David Ross's will be job. Something. Will That's be David Ross's job. <laughs> Couple responses to everybody in the chat right now. Matthew Gregory, who's a, a great follower, watcher, listener of the podcast, we always appreciate him coming on. He first says. I think uh, Jed deserves better than a C, and I will respond to that. Matthew is saying, I was very happy with a C in school many times. Same. C's did so get degrees. Don't you judge against a C because I got that a is 2. a passing 9 GPA grade. In college a C is at a the passing Harvard of the grade, Midwest. and I will take it. <laughs> uh, so I wasn't snubbing him. I was giving him what I thought was a passing grade. Uh, Doug Van Dorn says, no, 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 no. The reason... He believes Candelario's at first is because they've got Saya off and it's moving guys around. But, and I see a lot of people in the chat saying, including Matthew Gregory pointed out that Jamer Candelario has the highest war of any third baseman in the National League. But from what I understand, our guy told us that David Ross said at the ball, Ryan told us that yeah. David Ross said at the ballpark, Candelario is going to play the most of his time almost strictly at first base. That was the surprising news of the afternoon. First it was Mancini DFA'd, and then it was David Ross saying, nah, 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 nah. We believe that the move is he he's actually better at first base and that he'll play mostly at first base. And so that would mean, as Cody pointed out, it most likely means Madrigal is at third. It doesn't mean Mervis is getting called up and playing first base. It doesn't mean that Bellinger is at first and you get to play Talkman in center. I find it interesting that David Ross is basically telling us he believes the best lineup the Cubs can put out there is Madrigal at third, mm-hmm. Candelario at first, Bellinger in center, and it appears to me 
that would leave Talkman and Morell as your DHs, even though Talkman has been very good, unless, unless the Cubs are ready to move Saya to that role as he struggles and put Talkman in right field. Yeah. Now that is a possibility. And I will say, I I have never seen Talkman play right field. But if he could play I would, center, he I would play think right. he could play right field as well as Saya. Yeah. And frankly, his bat has been more effective than Saya's this yeah. season. We're, the thing the thing that's surprising is that I just didn't think the Cubs would actually do this because the amount of time, like I'm like, I am, I am scarred from all the times that they put Jason Hayward in this lineup whenever things were not going well, right? He was paid a ton of money. Say Zuki, he's not paid as much as like Jason Hayward, but he's, pl- he's making a good amount of money. To me, this is, this is them saying that Seiya Suzuki's playing time is going down. Or it's like, I don't think Ian Happ's playing time is going down, but I do think Say Suzuki's for sure is going down. That's the way I'm reading it too. Yeah. I don't think they're ready to say Talkman's not playing. I think right. they're going to say Talkman's going to play a different position, I, and Bellinger's going back to center. It better be to me. That's it better be because and and as someone who is, I just tweeted earlier today that I still believe in Say Suzuki, and I and I think that he can get back to at least what he was giving you last year. I do too, but Morell is your DH because he gives you the power that you don't have. Right. There's something, whatever. I, 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 they gotta, they gotta get Say Suzuki right. I think the team is better long term if Say Suzuki gets right. Like the, the thing that's been most disappointing from him this year is that the power just has not shown up. He has eight homers. His OPS is almost below 700. It's he's not playing well. He has. He'll have a good handful of games, and you're like, oh, he's finally, he's, he's getting hot. Maybe this is yeah. the stretch that he needs. And then he has the weekend that he had in St. Louis, and, you know, that flowed into last night's game where, great, he had a sack fly. He hit that one hard, and it drove in a run. But, man, a couple strikeouts and a bat in two, in two bad spots that you needed him to do something. He's not giving you quality at bats right now. It's tough to watch. It really is tough to watch. And so, to me... It ha- like uh, it has to be that they are that they are making Say Suzuki the odd man out on this. If Candelario is going to be playing first base almost exclusively, I don't know how else to explain it. Uh, Joey Tucker says, "Play your nine best, no matter what." That's the way it sort of looks. Now, somebody else in the chat, and I, I missed the name. I, I apologize. They said, "Listen, your best defensive infield is Madrigal at third, Candelario at first, and Horner and Swanson up the middle." I don't agree with that. To me, Bellinger has saved multiple errors over at first base just in the last week. Yeah. Big stretches. He made spectacular double plays on his own, throwing to second, getting it back. To me, Bellinger is your best first baseman. And I haven't seen enough recently of Condelario to say he's better than, than Madrigal. But I would think he's as good as Madrigal at third. Now, Hats off to Madrigal. He's way better at third than we thought he was going to be. Yeah. Okay. Like I said. But so, exactly. So I I would think that this is not as much about defense as this is about trying to get as many bats as you can. Your best offensive lineup. But I do. Every night. As good as Bellinger has been at first base, you know that you'd rather have him in center than Talkman. As good as Talkman has been in center. He's a better center fielder than Talkman, but Talkman has been pretty good. Yeah. Pretty and he's been good. pretty good. At, he saved a game. <laughs> like, a huge game. Yeah, right. So, like, 
to be able to move him into right field, you're probably still getting the same the same type of defense that you're gonna you were getting from him in center. And so it it is like again, like it's just very interesting to see how it's this fluid. is going. It's, it's fluid. Aaron says that. He says, don't read too much into this. Madrigal's not a guarantee to keep hitting. Right. And that's true. If Madrigal doesn't hit, then absolutely mm-hmm. Candelario's got to go over to third base. And I agree. And then Bellinger has to go back to first. Right. right. So we'll we'll see how it all plays out. Now, the Cubs also did make another deal today. Uh, minor league right-handed pitcher Josh Roberson comes over from the Rays. The Cubs send Adrian Sampson, who we thought might be part of the Cubs rotation this season. Uh, he was injured, and then it just unraveled. And the promise of Adrian Sampson doing what he did the second half of last year completely unraveled and fell apart. So you wish him well with the Rays. And you, I almost have no doubt now. Now that he's going to the Rays, I almost have no doubt that he's going to uh, come back. And then Manny Rodriguez, who we'd see come up, uh, also dealt with some injuries, but obviously had the stuff to pitch in the majors and be part of the bullpen, you thought, but never had really grabbed that opportunity and run with it. So Mad Rod is gone. Adrian Sampson is gone. And the Cubs get an international international signing pool space from the Rays. So that's something to keep an eye on in the future. Is it a big deal? No. Um, the Cubs, what they did get was their first or third baseman mm-hmm. and, and a, a bat to the lineup that extends the lineup and should help the bottom of the order, a guy who's having a really solid year on a rental deal because he'll be a free agent after the season. They could still bring him back if you want, but you traded away two prospects. They're fairly highly thought of, um, but were rule five draft eligible in hers and Made yesterday for Condelario. So that's part of the reason those guys were, they were willing to part with them for a rental player at third or first. What they really didn't get is a lefty reliever, and I'm sort of surprised. I guess the price was too high for Aaron Bummer. Yeah. Or whoever they were looking at, because it's clearly, if you're trying to win the division, it's clearly one of the things the Cubs need. Mm-hmm. First, third, lefty reliever. With Hughes having injuries this season, it has left you with using a righty lighter who gets gets the batters out on the, he's he's got the reverse splits but that okay I don't want his arm to fall off before the season ends because he has to pitch every time you need to get a lefty out so they could have used a lefty reliever they don't appear to have that guy right now in the minor league system maybe teams maybe teams held that against them and were like listen you want this you're going to pay for it. And the Cubs were not willing to part mortgage the future for a team that is certainly flawed, mm-hmm. but is five games out of first place and they haven't been to the postseason recently and you'd like to get there if it can catch fire. I saw, I, I've seen the stats. I'm not a numbers guy, but I know that if the Reds play 500 ball, the Cubs have to be spectacular the rest of the season. Right. So um, they better start winning starting tonight. Our, I know Greg Huss is going to join us here in a handful of minutes, but I did see uh, our other good prospect friend, Brian Smith from Bleacher Nation, tweeting about uh, Josh Roberson earlier today. Um, And I'll just read his tweets. He said, in regards to Samson and Rodriguez, they're both set to be minor league free agents at the end Mm -hmm. of the year. So 
someone is seeing something here that they may be kind of just a little like. So they both teams just kind of a little like a little bit about each thing, I guess. Right. Uh, for Cubs, perhaps it was something scouting uh, Robertson. Uh, Roberson, sorry. Recently, as he has that <laughs> nice 0.69 earn run average in his last 10 outings. And in the thread, he put that his fastball sits around 96 to 98, uh, 89 to 91 on the slider. Um, the numbers are a little inflated on his uh, ball, uh, the BABIP at 381. But uh, yeah, the velo and, and all that looks good. Uh, they see, he went on to say the Cubs surely see some big league potential there. But if he doesn't break through this year, likely hope they can get him to agree to a 2024 successor contract. So, I, I, me personally on that trade, listen, Manny Rodriguez could throw 99. 100 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, he showed he, he showed flashes at times where you looked like he looked like someone that could be something. Um, but again, when it comes to Cubs, the Cubs pitching infrastructure, they have a lot of dudes. There's, there's a lot of dudes there in Iowa and on the come up that I like. So moving on from him isn't going to doesn't necessarily bother me. And Samson, we know what he is. He's in his early 30s. He's uh, you know he's been he's been a journeyman as they call it all around the league. Uh, I wish he would have had a bigger role on this year's team because he was so good in, at, in the second half of last year. Uh, but because of the injury and missing time, like you weren't even able to build up any real trade value for the guy. And, uh, you know, that is what it is. So the only thing that kind of scares me about is just the fact that it's the Rays. So if Manny Rodriguez goes to the Rays and yeah. turns into a back-end closer that's he striking will. everyone out at a 35% clip – like that will look bad. He's the only one of the of of between him and Samson that I'm like the Rays are going to turn this guy. Into Samson something. Samson's not an issue. It's yeah. it's the guys that you're trying to decide that might be Rule Five draft eligible. Right. That you're trying to decide. It, Listen, let's get something in right. case we lose. But them. again, they're all going to be minor league free agents. So, That's right. You know, I guess in the sense it makes it makes sense that they are able to do something. Um, okay, we're going to get to Greg Huss here in a second. I do want to tell you about Hooters, guys. It's your chance and spot to catch all the games this season. Step up to the plate for their world-famous wings. Not world. regionally famous, not locally famous. World-famous wings. Delicious seafood, stack sandwiches, salads, too, and more. Tons of great beer specials. $6 drinks all day, every day. Check out their seafood specials, $19.83 for a pound of crab legs. Great prices on buffalo and steamed shrimp. Hooters celebrating 40 years in business all year long. In honor of that anniversary, on the 4th of every month, Hooters is hosting throwback events, bringing back the 80s with 83-cent wings. My friend Clark is all about it. Other great specials as well. The next one coming up this week, August 4th, almost here. Today's the first. You do the math. I don't do math, but the fourth get there, Hooters eighty three cent wings. Man, can you, what? Where can you get a deal like that these days? Wings for eighty three cents. That's true. Gobble them up. Gobble them up. All right. Uh, and why? When you're on your way to Hooters, you know it's mm-hmm. the summer. You know mm-hmm. that the sun's out, especially here in the beautiful city of Chicago. So you got to have your shady rays, man. 
Gotta have a Shady Maverick Rays. Maverick music should be playing are, right now for me. These are my friend Sean W. Just got, Sean I just Anderson. got these. Just got just these got minutes Mine ago. Mine are in my bag. These were in the Just in the got office. these minutes ago. Sean needs to clean his mm-hmm. sunglasses. Jesus. I bet my wife is watching going right now, and she's thinking, how am I going to get my hands on those sunglasses? I know. Well, you can, uh-huh. and if you listen to me tell you about Shady Rays, take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered... For the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price, Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for the outdoor adventures. And that's not all, Luke. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by loss and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. Together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing a much ne- providing much needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. and through Shady Rays Impact, from building playsets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now and for years to come. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Becky said it in the super chat. Super moon tonight. Oh. Going to need your shady rays even at night. Even at night. You know who needs some shady rays? We got to get Greg Huss. Greg Huss needs some shady rays. He's got rays. some shady rays. This is this this is his day. This is what he lives for. Talking prospects and deals. Greg Huss from Northside Bound. Greg, can you hear us all right? I can. Can you guys hear me? We I got can. you. I can. Terrific. I like the Myrtle Beach hat. Very I'm, nice. I'm missing the Shady Rays. They go well out at Myrtle Beach, I'm sure. So, oh, yeah. I don't know. yeah. It's a one-two punch. <laughs> so, Greg, as you were watching this, and, and obviously a lot of times there's prospects that are going out in the, in the deals, and the Cubs have done a nice job of building up the farm system, a little bit of depth so that they can make some of these smaller moves. Let's start with the Candelario deal and the guys that are Rule 5 draft eligible going the other way. What do you make of that trade? How does it unfold in your eyes? Yeah, I've seen a lot of people quick to just very like simplify this trade. It's, oh, Candelaria was the best rental bat on the market. And mm-hmm. all things considered, two prospects that are ranked in the 20s in, in terms of where in, in the system, that's a pretty good get. That's not, that's not too much giving up for the best rental bat on the market. But I think you can't look at it really that that simply, right? I mean, Candelario being the best rental bat on the market, that's not a normal season, right? Typically, you have somebody that's significantly better than what Candelario is. With all due respect to what he's done this year, three-plus war in half a season is impressive. But um, this is not a typical trade deadline season in terms of what we're getting from 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 that market. So both hers and Kevin Mate are guys that that I'd say – a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, like much higher ranked. And I would have been really, really upset to see these guys go, um, especially for, for a guy like uh, Candelario. But um, yeah, they're, they're fun players, but not necessarily good bets to be stars at the major league level. Okay. Yeah, I mean, hers I know is a guy that we've heard really good things about. Um, and he was trying to cut down on walks, but then the strikeouts apparently dropped a little bit too. 
do you think these guys will still be major league baseball players at some point? Uh, you know, I mean, I, I know that's a roll of the dice for any prospect, but do you still see them as, as potential players that you will look at and say, ah, the Cubs let one get away in a rental for Candelario? Yeah, I could see um, both of these guys could be. If I was putting money on one of them, it would probably be DJ Hers over Kevin Made. Um, actually, let, let's dig into, into Made first. With, with okay. Made, he is really good on defense. Um, he has, a, has one of the best arms in the system um, on infield defense. Uh, I think his range is actually really, really solid. I got to see him play quite a bit at shortstop um, the past few weeks. I got to see him over in the Quad Cities and got to see him in Peoria. And uh, he just looks really strong in the field. I'm, I'm really impressed with his, with his infield defense, especially at shortstop. He can play some second, play some third. That's like his calling card. Um, when Kevin Mate came up um, and was playing full season ball in Myrtle Beach uh, a couple of years ago in 2021, the dude just didn't take any pitches. He swung at every single thing that was thrown to him. Um, my buddy, Jimmy Nelligan, who uh, was a co-founder of Northside Bound, he, he was a podcast host with me um, before. He wrote an article about uh, Kevin Made's 2021 season where he just, he had all of, I think it was 9% of his at-bats over the course of that 2021 season. Um, he got to a hitter's count. It was either 2-1, 2-0, or 3-0 count, or a walk. Um, pretty ridiculous. He's changed a whole lot since then. Uh, been a whole lot more patient at the plate, walk rate right around 10%, uh, but he's just not hitting the ball very hard. And that, that's what worries me from a prospect perspective. I, I don't know that that those exit velocities will ever come around for Kevin Made, and so that's why I'm more skeptical of him reaching the major leagues. Um, with DJ Hers, the stuff is there. The We know he's got that quirky delivery. We know that he basically goes towards the first base dugout when he's delivering a pitch. And that makes that low 90s fastball play up to the mid 90s. Um, but it, it's just been the, like you mentioned, Luke, it's been the, the, the command and control has not really been there for DJ. But when it's on, he's really, really good. I could see him being a, a, a multi inning reliever or even a shutdown number, or a, a shutdown uh, one inning reliever at the big league level one day. But it's just got to kind of fall right for him. I'm not betting against DJ Hers because that, that guy has some type of motor and some type of uh, just drive to, to be better and better every single day. What about the pitcher they're getting from the Rays? Because anytime you trade with the Rays, I get nervous because they know what they're doing. They, <laughs> they don't spend money, but they know what they're doing. Yeah. So should we be concerned that uh, Manny Rodriguez is going to the Rays? It feels like a dump of just a little bit of salary here and there to me. That trade does. I, I don't. I don't know what the. I, I. I don't know what the word is on on social media about what people think about that trade. But I view it as just no. You're giving up Adrian Sampson, who lost a 40 man roster spot. You're giving up Manny Rodriguez, who also lost a 40 man roster spot. But they're being paid a little bit more than the typical guy in AAA. Um, and then you're getting one guy back who's kind of in that same mold to a certain degree, but making less money. Uh, I think this is a way to cut some costs, some small costs, and it's not like a the rickets are cheap are cheap type of cost. It's just like a a, a way to to eat uh, to to save a little bit of money. Um, obviously, Roberson is a guy that that throws hard. He's got a, a hard fastball, a, a high eighties slider too. He just can't find the zone at all. So um, I don't know. I, I I think that it reminds me a lot of we already have Cam Sanders down in AAA as a mm -hmm. reliever. 
Um, it reminds me a lot of that. Maybe maybe the Cubs like what they see. He goes on a hot streak, and we see him in Chicago in the, uh, later on in the season. But um, I'm not reading in too much into this trade at all, honestly. Yeah, I I was reading some uh, tweet from uh, your friend, our friend uh, Brian Smith about uh, Robertson, and uh, it seems like the stuff is there, but yeah, you know, it's just kind of fine tuning it. What about the 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 reliever they got yesterday from the was it the Royals? Was that it right? was yeah yes. yeah Jose Quas Quas thank you Luke is. Is, is, he, is he a guy that we would more likely see at some point in the in in the second half year? Because I, I think I know he I at least has major so. league experience. Yeah, yeah, he's been in the big leagues this year. Um, I like the quirk that he's a side armor. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like pitchers that do weird stuff. You know, like I, I like pitchers <laughs> that do things that I'm not. That's I'm why not you used and to uh, on the baseball field. And so, Quas <laughs> throwing being a side armor, I love that. Um, I. And I think the Cubs have been really good at identifying those guys that do things that are not normal. That's that's what makes giving different looks out of the bullpen is always a good idea. Uh, and the Cubs have a lot of different looks. Like, like the Mark Leiter Jr., I know he doesn't throw all that weird, but the fact that he's a reverse split splits guy with a splitter is like, that's weird, you know? Um, I think the Cubs have been really good at that. Nelson Velasquez, it seems like... I don't know. I, I'm still a believer in Nelson Velasquez not being a superstar, not even being like a middle-of-the-order batter at all. But just I, I think he can be a regular in the major leagues. I'm really glad he gets the opportunity in Kansas City because he sure as heck was not going to get that opportunity in Chicago. Um, so it, it, it feels like the Royals probably got the heavier end of that deal, got a better end of that deal potentially. Um, but I, I don't think that it's – I don't think the Cubs got fleeced, and I don't think that – Nelly was going to get the chance to play in the big leagues in Chicago anyway. So this kind of, I I thought there was going to be more trades like that, to be completely honest with you. I thought there was going to be like, I thought Perlaza had a big chance of being traded. I thought Luis Vasquez did. Um, There's a lot of guys that are kind of that, that may be ready for the big leagues, but the Cubs probably don't want to risk calling them up quite yet. Like I thought we were going to see more of those type of trades. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Maybe they, that deal, if they get lucky, they find their next Efros or they find their next, um, who am I think, Steve Ciszek, right? Like yeah. that, you yeah. hope you find that guy and that's who you develop. Um, is there a player that you were worried as a Cubs fan might be thrown in a deal and you were like, uh, okay, but just don't deal this guy? Yeah, when, when the Pete Alonzo rumors were starting to swirl, swirl a little heavier, I was a little worried about losing Kevin Alcantara because it, it felt like of the top prospects, he might have been that guy that got dealt um, because PCA wasn't going to go anywhere. Kate Horton certainly was not going to go anywhere now that he's up in double A uh, as of today. Um, it, and then and then you kind of get into the next tier of guys, the Triantos and the Ballesteros and the like those type of guys that, that um, wouldn't necessarily net you enough, a guy like Pete Alonso. And so the, the player that would headline that deal absolutely was going to be Kevin Alcantara, and that worried me a little bit. So um, I, I, I'm glad to see Kevin Alcantara still in the system because I think I still, to this day, I think that he has the highest upside of anybody in the Cubs system right now. Wow. That's interesting. Now that's saying something because PCA, uh, Pete Crow Armstrong, just moved up to AAA. Are there other players you now will think have moves because of these trades? And what do you think of – PCA going to AAA, how, what's the earliest you think he could 
make it to the majors? Because I've seen people in the chat thinking he's, it's happening in September. Our Ryan Herrera says, slow your roll, probably not. What do you think? I, th- I think the expectation coming into this year with PCA was, all right, let's like basically this timeline, maybe a little bit quicker seeing him in Iowa, which we could have we seen him three, four weeks ago in Iowa. Um, but I think this same timeline with the hope that he then gets called up to the bigs in September, it probably depends on a lot of different things. Now that the Cubs have have Candelario playing first base, which means that that Bellinger is rooted in center field, and then you got Talkman, Seiya, maybe platooning a little bit in right field, um, then it, it doesn't quite make as much sense unless he is just continuing to tear the cover off the ball in AAA, and you think like that is that last oomph that you need to like succeed in the playoffs. Um, I think we, we, we see him on, on the opening day roster come next year. And I think that's perfectly fine. I'm, I'm, I'm all about that. Uh, one other question, not related to deadline. I saw Matt Shaw starting. He went to South Bend, uh, skipping Myrtle beach. So yeah. don't let me talk myself into, you know, next year, <laughs> September call up, Greg, don't let me do it. Talk me off the bridge now. No, like, I, this is a big deal to me. But where, where are you going to, the interesting thing about, I mean, I think you just take the best player when the draft comes around, but he likely is a second baseman in the major league level, right? So I, I don't see where, why he where are you be putting him. Baseman, you know, you think he can I, play I, third? I don't see why he couldn't play third base. Okay. I mean, if, if Nick Madrigal can can be a, a, a positive <laughs> defender at third base in the major leagues, then why can't Matt Shaw? That that's okay. that's the way I look at it. I, well, I, then I'm I think all in. That's, uh, <laughs> it'll be curious to see what he does in South Bend and, and getting a better look at him on defense for sure. Uh, mm. I, I don't think he'll be up next year, Cody, unfortunately. But okay. um, I, I think the assignment to South Bend is just because if he was assigned to Myrtle Beach, he would have still been significantly better than everybody playing there just because he was a he was a stud college performer and he would have been playing against a whole bunch of 18 and 19-year-olds and 20-year-olds in, in Myrtle Beach. You know what I mean? And that, I, I think that wouldn't have done a whole lot for his development going there. Like If that was the case, might as well just stick with him in, in Arizona and let him play there a little bit longer. So... Fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I think we see him in South Bend this year. If he gets assigned to to Double A Tennessee to start off next year, I I wouldn't be shocked to see that at all. Um, it'll probably depend a little bit on what we see from him the rest of the year this year. So, um, yeah, I I think that end of next year is probably wishful thinking. Twenty early twenty twenty five is is not. But I mean, again, we haven't seen him take a single at bat in full season ball yet. So we got to slow down a little bit. <laughs> Any other, uh, Greg, before we let you go, any other reaction to the trade deadline or any of the moves the Cubs did or did not make? Yeah, I, I think that the I'm going to go back a little bit to that to the Nelly trade, because I think that that is what allowed a, a spot to open up in in uh, Iowa for PCA to roam the outfield, because there's that log jam of outfielders in Iowa right now. Uh, so you see that that trickle down effect of PCA up to up to Iowa we could see a guy um, like Ezekiel Pagan go from South Bend to Tennessee. Parker Chavers go from Myrtle Beach to South Bend. And then some of our draft picks that we just saw selected a couple weeks ago make their way up to Myrtle Beach. So uh, all of this roster shifting is affecting the entire minor league system and where guys are reassigned, are promoted, are demoted, are wherever they, they end up. Now, because I was expecting more trades to happen in terms of that Iowa depth, I think there, there might be less shifting than what I had originally thought would be the case, but um, that's still going to happen. Like you said, M- Matt Shaw, I think that he will um, likely be joined by another draft pick um, in South Bend this week. 
I don't think Matt Shaw is the only guy there. Um, and then I, I just think that that there's a lot of shifting still to happen. I think that my big takeaway from this is that the Cubs are leaving this trade deadline um, and draft season with a better farm system than when before the draft happened, right? I think that adding Shaw and Rivera and and Jackson Wiggins and all those guys uh, outweighs losing just D- DJ Hers and Kevin Mate. So I think it's a net positive for the uh, for the system this month. I think like I love that you, how you ended that because I, I think what I've what we all want is for the Cubs to be able to make these types of trades. But as long as they keep making great draft decisions and building through the system and stuff, then you're not going to put yourself in a situation where you regret the Quintana trade or something like that Mm -hmm. again. Because if if you do end up having to make a trade like that because you go for it down the road, maybe that trade looks bad. But if you're still developing guys, you're probably still in a good spot organizationally and the Cubs are hopefully still a competitive team. So uh, I I like that point that you said at the end. Ah, but last one last thing. Uh, Gary wants to know when is Jake Slaughter getting called up? Um, I think that honestly, I think things have gone uh, downhill for Slaughter in terms of the likelihood of a call up because the Cubs are so good, right? Like Uh because, because the Cubs are buying, right? Um, or bought, I guess the, the mm. deadline's over. So um, because the Cubs are competing, I, I think the likelihood of, of, of Slaughter getting a call-up goes down a little bit, unfortunately, for him. Um, but if he if he kills it, I mean, there's he, he's there's always a chance that he gets called up later in the year. We'll see. Well, okay, here's a more realistic. So you saying there's a chance, Gary. <laughs> a more, more, more realistic one here for you, Greg. What about Mervis? Because we were just talking about how the Cubs are going to play Candelario almost exclusively at first base now. Does that mean he's probably going to stay in Iowa? Do you think he might get some DH opportunities if they do call him up? Or that would be a spot, but then you're also losing time for Morrell there. I, I, yeah. I, I think for me, it seems like Mervis is going to spend the rest of the year in Iowa. That's what it feels yeah, like, unless I, barring an injury. I think, yeah, I think an injury's got to happen. I think an injury's got to happen to Steve Mervis. And I, I think, really, the way this Major League roster is constructed now, I think it can be an injury pretty much anywhere, for the most part, to see Mervis. Because um, Candelario can play first and third. Uh, Madrigal can play third and second. Morrell can play, can play in theory, wherever. Like, I, I think there's, there's enough positional flexibility on this roster that they can mix and match so that Mervis can either be DH or first base and they're, they're solid. You know what I mean? So I think an injury across the board anywhere might warrant a Matt Mervis call up. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, Greg Huss, you can catch him uh, on the Cubs on deck podcast, North side bound as well. Craig, thanks for your time as always. Hopefully we'll talk to you maybe right around, I don't know, September 1st. Sound good. That sounds good. Hopefully we're talking PCA. We'll see. <laughs> PCA and playoffs. I love right? it. That's Playoffs. Thanks, Greg. Have a great night. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks again, Greg. Uh, Cody, tell us about uh, Goose Island because that's a way to talk us into a beer bat after right. a big Cubs win tonight. Or the you Cubs, into a beer bat, I should say. It is say. currently 5.50 Central Standard Time, all right? Mm-hmm. So that means the Cubs and the Reds are going to play game two here in about an hour and ten minutes. For the love of God, Chicago Cubs, please win. If we win tonight, the beer bat is back. Because we've lost two in a row, so I won't feel like I'm ruining it if they win. We're going to bring it back tonight if the Cubs win. So, uh, it'll also it'll be the beer bat is full of Goose Island beer. 
All right. Goose Island is the official beer of CHGO. Chicago's beer since 1988. They got the Goose Island IPA, which is a six-time medal winner at the Great American Beer Fest. Always in style. Uh, the Tropical Beer Hug, the 312 Weed Ale everyone knows about. And, of course, uh, the Full Pocket Pilsner was one of my favorites. Uh, let's see. Uh, grab your Ultra Fresh Brewery exclusive beers at Goose Island Original Brew House on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown. One of my favorite tap rooms in the city, by the way. Uh, Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer. And Luke, let me tell you, nothing goes better with beer than college. Or a beer bat. Or a beer bat. Beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of beer bats, a lot of them get taken down at colleges, but a college, a university that is serious, Lewis University. Obviously. They get students just like us, full-time jobs, families, full-time sports fans. Uh, you can go back to school and earn a respected degree right now at Lewis University, 35 miles southwest of Chicago in Romeoville. This is, this is one of those diamonds in the rough ranked as one of u.s news and world reports top tier colleges lewis partners with numerous employers for tuition discounts offering evening online and blended formats to help you balance work family and education their faculty bring real world experience and instruction to the classroom they offer career support and academic resources for adult students and if you're looking to maybe complete your bachelor's degree or master's degree or enroll in a professional certificate program Lewis probably has that program for you. They offer several career-based programs that'll set you up for success. Here's one of them. Cybersecurity may not be a bigger program out there, a bigger problem for our country right now. Cybersecurity, Lewis, a Department of Homeland Security Center of Academic Excellence in Cybersecurity, providing students with scholarship funding that is not available anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Discover how a degree from Lewis can help you build a better world Learn more at lewisu.edu slash you can do this. 278 people watching, 76 likes. Make that make sense to me, folks. We have got to get to 100. Come That's on embarrassing. Now. If we, come now, on. First, 278 is pretty nice. We're giving you all two shows tonight. I mean, come on now. All right. Yeah, let's, let's get it to 100, huh? So it's now that time has passed and the Cubs didn't make any more moves. Um, and Jesse Rogers was right. They didn't make any more moves. I still remain with the C plus. C. Yeah. C, and, C plus. I am disappointed that they didn't get another left-hand reliever. Maybe that means they'll call up a guy that's in Iowa that, you know, that is a left-hand reliever. I believe Bailey Horn is a left-hand yeah. reliever. I've been begging to kind of see him all season. Um, a guy that got from the White Sox for Ryan Tapera back in the 2021 deadline. Um, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe like that's what they want to do. They want to, they want to bring in relievers from within and hope and pray that that works out. They've had guys that have worked out that way. So maybe, maybe that's a guy that we might see here in August. I just, I understand that lighter junior is the reverse splits guy. I understand it, but I, I, I don't know. I just like, when was the last time this team had a, had a, like a really good left-handed reliever. And the only person I can think of is a world is Chapman, man. Like, yeah, well, it's <laughs> like they, they desperately need one. And I, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't trust that what they have in the bullpen is going to be able to really help carry this team to the promised land of the playoffs 
the rest of the way. I hope I'm wrong, and I hope that they do give someone a chance to come up and maybe just do something. And if it works out, great. All credit, all credit to them, but I really thought they could have used a left-hand reliever. I understand that this wasn't the year that they should have gone all in or anything like that, but I don't even think you had to go all in to get a left-handed reliever. You know what I mean? So I guess that's that's what I'm that's what I'm left bummed about. I mean, I know a lot of talk on social media today with uh, today with like Pete Alonzo out there as a thing. Eric Bednark, that stuff kind of heated up a little bit there for but, a few uh, hours. But like Greg Huss was saying, I didn't want to lose Alcantara right. or, and or other players right. to go get a closer because relievers are just too fickle of yeah. a group of players from, from my taste. For sure. But Cody, we both gave C, C plus, And I told Matthew Gregory, that's not a bad grade. That's something I would have been, you know... All good with in school. I had a more 2.9 than, GPA in college. More often than not, a C was okay so with that's, me. That's about a C. That's the way I looked at it. That was my phrase for through school. Yeah. C is okay with me. Yeah. Now, had I told you two weeks ago, before the Cubs go on this 10 to 12 run and get back in it, if I had told you that today we'd be sitting here and the Cubs would be five games out of first, mm-hmm. Bellinger and Stroman still on the roster, and they added Jamer Candelario to play first and or third, what would your reaction have been? So just set yourself back two weeks, and how would you have looked at this deadline deal? Been five games back. That means five games back. You would have told me that they would be five games back, and they, that they kept, kept both them. Steel or mm-hmm. both Stroman and Bellinger, mm-hmm. which I I'll be honest with you is a little shocking to me. Yeah. I guess if you told me that without telling me all the results of what just happened, then I would tell myself that they started playing well enough to get themselves back in the race. Is that the two? Yeah, weeks, I don't tell two, you the five games out. You think that they're yeah. probably even closer because two weeks ago they were as far as eight and a half back. I want to say I think that's as far as they went was eight and a half back. So yeah, that means that they went on a bit of a stretch. And they took advantage of the easy schedule. And now, like, they were in position to, you know, give us some memories these this next This is what months. you wanted. Yeah, this, this is, is what, what I wanted. You wanted Bellinger and Strowman so you could make play yeah. meaningful baseball down yeah. the stretch. Yeah. You were like, this is time to act like a big market team. No, don't give me the loser's mentality. Yep. Well, the Cubs may not have done crazy trades right. to go build up this team and fill every hole because there's more than one hole on this roster, but a lot of teams have a hole. That's why all these deals are happening at the end of the season. But they kept a guy who is clearly their best position player. Yeah. Their most superstar power and a guy who has had a horrible 27 earned run month of July, but prior to that was one of the best pitchers in baseball this season. Yeah. I think that impacted their ability to trade Stroman whether or not they wanted to. Yeah. I think the way he pitched in July lowered the return enough that they were like, ah, yeah. you know what? We can't get a qual. There is no qualifying offer to him. Yeah. That's not happening. So Stroman, if he goes, is going. It's going to be interesting but, to see like how, like, like for, for Stroman himself individually, he's got to pitch better if he even wants to opt out. If he opts in, then you're going into next season with a guy that has been mostly consistent throughout his tenure with the Cubs and throughout his career. He had a bad month and a bad start in in London at the end of June. 
So he had a bad five, six start stretch. Was a seven start stretch? Yes, he has to be better. Yes, he needs to. Yes, he needs to. He needs to pitch like the twenty million dollar pitcher that he is. But I right now he's playing himself out of like opting out. Like if this keeps up, if this goes into August, not only will it hurt the Cubs, but it's going to hurt him individually. Pitchers are hard to find. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how how fans will react if this continues with Stroman and like he plays himself into a position where it's like he might as well just opt in. How will fans be happy about it or how fans will react to it in terms of will they be okay with it or are we upset because he pitched so bad that now we have to deal with him? It's still one more year. Still waiting to find out what no show Stroh was about last night after the game. Yeah. Where was he at the press conference? Didn't, I think didn't talk pretty, to the media. I, it's going to be interesting. Um, um, all right. Yeah. Steal tonight against the Reds. Thanks to everybody who joined us. Uh, we appreciate that. Thanks for checking out the live YouTube chat. Best way to enjoy the CHGO Cubs podcast is to sign up for the CHGO Sports Podcast on YouTube. Uh, for those of you that partake in our podcasts in, you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever it might be, please go give us a good review and a thumbs up and all those nice things. We appreciate it. We will see you back here for another full hour after the game. They better let us be hey, in Studio A. this right now, this, yeah, I mean, we're going to take Studio B so the Sox can talk about nothing for two months? Yeah, come on, man. No offense, fellas. We're Studio A. How many times did we're we take Studio, studio B last I don't care year. if you get swept by the Reds. We're Studio A. <laughs> Let's make it happen until uh, the post-game show. Thanks for watching and fly the W.